Yo, 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 what's up? Welcome oh, back to no. another episode. Oh, it's I'm just, coming in I'm real fucking hot today. <laughs> to another episode of <laughs> Almost Fed and Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough, and we have returning co-host, Matt Basta. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Rare guest. Wow. Rare guest. It's been a Matthew little bit. Basta. This is true. And at least I'm not as rare as AJ. Yeah, that's what I mean. And I'm trying to get him back on. It's going to happen. Trust me. It, a little it is going to happen. More rare than Mark. Less rare than AJ. Everyone's less rare than Joe. And dubs. <laughs> and dubs. <laughs> but this is a video game podcast for anyone new, and you're probably wondering who any of those people are. But it's fine. Uh, just worry about us for now. Uh, Basta, we haven't heard from you in quite a while. How's things going in Basta land? Oh, boy. Things are things are going all right. Um, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, it's going no, so, so good. We don't need to happening. talk about it. Uh, Pinecast, uh, last night I actually signed a contract, um, with one of my vendors. Um, it's the first, like, it's the first time I've ever had to purchase, like, an enterprise plan of anything. Like, you always go on people's websites and it's like, you know, the starter plan, the pro plan, the business plan, and then, like, enterprise plan. And underneath it says, call us. Um, the first time I've ever had to do that, uh, which is weird, um, it's expensive. <laughs> um, I can imagine. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping that it it allows me to make some nice cost cutting measures elsewhere. Um, and it sort of sets the business up for success for hopefully the next year and onward. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, looking forward to making some some big moves there. Excellent. Um, I have to say, uh, Pinecast, most of the, the things that have been going on with it have been like very low-key, behind-the-scenes sort of stuff. Not a lot of product-focused, user-facing stuff happening. Um, one thing I'm sure Bren has noticed, I did actually start a new project. Um, we and, and you may remember this in the ABTS Slack, um, but the Pinecast... Stripe integration used to pipe into the ABTS general channel. And so anytime somebody would subscribe on Pinecast or make a payment, it would, it would show up in general. And it was like infrequent enough is like once a week, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> started. Yeah. It, it was, it was so infrequent. Like, you know, it was, it was notable, but then, you know, it got to be like every day and that was sort of annoying. And so we put it in its own channel <laughs> and it was like multiple times a day. And I was like, I just I forgot about Slack. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been a hot minute since like it was a thing for us. Um, yes. And now like it's going at a rate of like every few minutes uh, yeah. during the during the day. Um, get a lot of them. But the the problem that I've had historically is that the notifications don't give you a lot of information, um, and so day to day, you know, sort of run of the mill payments, you know, like user one two nine six. Paid five dollars. It's like okay, that's not so so interesting. But it's when it's like user, you know, three four eight zero paid fifty seven dollars and twenty six cents. It's like, what's up there? <laughs> you know, like yeah. what's happening? Um, or if a user unsubscribes, you know, like how long were they a subscriber for? Were they a subscriber for a day? Were they a subscriber for a year? Were they a subscriber for four years? Um, like, I, there's no way of knowing that from the notifications that I get. It's just like, you know, user X, you know, canceled their subscription. Or user Y upgraded their subscription. What did they upgrade to? 
Um, you know, if they create a subscription, have they had subscriptions in the past? Uh, all of these things you just don't get with the sort of like built in notifications. And so I've been eager to sort of build it for myself as sort of a, an observability uh, project. You know, if, if I can't suss out any information from the noise of the existing notifications, they're really of no use to me um, beyond just sort of like a vanity thing. Uh, so I, I built this thing. It's called Charge Tram, uh, which is probably one of the worst names I've ever come up with. Yeah, it sounds sexual <laughs> as hell. <laughs> Charge Tram. I've seen that video uh, on Pornhub. Yeah, I, so uh, you may actually be familiar with this. Have you ever been to the the um, Wildwood, New Jersey boardwalk? Oh, yes. The, they got the, the tram car? Yep. That's that's where I drew my inspiration. Um, Excellent. <laughs> yeah, the, the Wildwood, New Jersey tram car. Uh, I, don't, and so- <laughs> I don't have much say in Pinecast, but I do want to put my foot down and say I don't want to associate anything with Pinecast with that goddamn tram car from Wildwood. Um. <laughs> There's no fun memories associated with that fucking tram car for anybody. Watch no. the tram car, please. Okay. Yes. Um, the <laughs> the, uh, the logo is um, uh, Trammy the tram car. Um, <laughs> original. It's very original. Yeah. Um, but it works. Uh, so right now it uh, handles user subscription, cancellation, um, upgrades and downgrades. Uh, so anytime somebody upgrades or downgrades, instead of just saying user X unsubscribed, um, you know, it'll say a, a subscription was canceled for one of your customers. And it gives a reason. Um, it tells me who the customer was with a link to their customer page. It tells me what they canceled. Um, what was the subscription? How much was it for? When did the subscription start? When was it canceled? Um, if someone upgrades, um, uh, Let's see. Where's an upgrade that I can look at? Uh, a lot of creations, not a lot of upgrades. In any case, um, it, it yeah. it'll it'll say what it was for, um, how much the new subscription is, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's really useful um, just as like a debugging thing because then I can go in and see like, oh, this user upgraded and then it immediately downgraded. And I can maybe reach out and say like, hey, what was the problem? Um, ideally, I'd like to uh, integrate it with the customer support system. Um, there's a lot of good work that can be done. Um, it's very early days, but, um, that's something I'm working on. Ideally, I would open it up and make it so that other people can use it for their, uh, businesses based on Stripe and Intercom in the future. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah. As far as video games I'm playing, I actually have something to talk about. Hold off on those. Well, I'm excited to hear about (laughs) that. This isn't a video game podcast. (laughs) Not yet. That's the thing. Before we get there, we have to talk about like our life things. I have something there. And also, Brent, I want to give you an opportunity. Is anything going on like uh, in California? I mean, no. (laughs) Just the shit I usually complain about. Nothing new. Fires. Traffic. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to mention for my record label, I'm wearing a brand new long sleeve that I just ordered for them. Uh, they're super comfortable. I just picked them up today. Uh, if you're interested, you could get one. They're at MissedOutRecords.com for 20 bucks. But uh, it's got a pocket on it with our sad face logo. And then down the arms, it says Missed Out. And then on the back is our launch comp art. And I'm just super happy with how they feel and fit. And I'm just excited for people to get their hands on them and support us. Yeah, it's super sad. Uh, <laughs> but also, I want to mention that last night I went to a concert, and it's like basically my wife and I have like a birthday within a week of each other. So I feel like we're going to be celebrating her birthday tonight. But uh, yesterday we were at 
one of my favorite bands. They're called Standards. I've mentioned them on the podcast before. They they were on my record label for for their first two EPs, uh, and they're just incredible math rock, incre- in extremely math complex rock. guitar tapping and drums. It's just a guitarist and a drummer, and they're so good. Marcos and Kynwin, they're the nicest people in the world. Long story short, I met them early on in the record label and did two pressings of cassettes for them, and they sold out. And in fact, during their set, uh, well, what ended up happening is they uh, were they got an opportunity to play for the band Tiny Moving Parts, which they've blown up over the years. They've been around for quite a while and have multiple albums. One that just came out called Breathe, but they were touring with. Uh, Fredo Disco and Standards, which is amazing because I remember earlier this year I saw Standards in a Philadelphia basement because like the sh- the venue they were gonna play got canceled because of structural issues, so there was like a big scramble be- a week before, and they got like a house show, and I was there, and it was so lit. But to see them go from a house show to like a, almost what seemed like a sold out uh, uh, theater of living arts in Philadelphia, it was just magical. Uh, I saw on Facebook, Marcos was like, oh, if you haven't gotten tickets yet and you're interested, just let me know a few days before the show and I'll see if I can get people on the guest list. So I'm like, oh, I'll shoot him a message. And I did. And yeah, he got me on the guest list. We got to go backstage. We didn't have to pay for tickets. It was like the craziest experience of my life, like going backstage and just hanging out with like the bands and like this like room and shit right before it all started to go down. It was so amazing. And then as the, uh, set was going on like towards the very end he ended up doing like a shout out section where he shouted out joe scala from choke artist who does the vinyl and then he shouted out me and lauren for doing the cassettes and stuff and i have a clip of it i'm gonna play it right here uh for the listeners but it's real brief thank you guys so much it's been really awesome um a couple quick shout outs uh shout out to joe scala who does our vinyl uh, he came out tonight to deliver more vinyl, so if you guys want to buy that, you totally can. Woo! Um, shout out to Douglas and his wife, Lauren. Uh, they, like, hit me up when we were nothing. And he's like, hey, do you want to make some cassettes? And I was like, do people buy cassettes? He's like, you'd be surprised. <laughs> and we sold out of two pressings of them, and Douglas believed in us. And helped us out. We have no label, no management, no booking, no anything, and... Like, now we're playing for you guys on this tour, so thank you guys so much for helping us out. And I was just so flattered. It was just an amazing experience, and I love them so much. They're from Los Angeles, so it's just crazy they're in Philadelphia at all. Uh, so I got to see him twice in a year, and I was talking to him behind the scenes, and he was saying how they got a lot in store for 2020, a new album, and they're going to be in Philadelphia two more times. So I'm going to go to both shows because I love them so much. So it was just a really cool experience, and I ha- thought I'd share it on the show. Nice. That is the angriest-looking man bun standing in front of the stage i've ever seen <laughs> for sure yeah no those people were there for the crowd uh surfers yeah, they have to like exactly catch yeah. those people that are crowd surfing a little too much yeah they just usually don't see a guy with long hair and security because you know grab the hair and get an easy uh, manhandle on them yeah manhandle on that man bun <laughs> but that was the thing this audience the community that they've 
created it was just the most like loving people i feel like they're obsessed with fruits and stuff and i just <laughs> recommend checking out their facebook group it's standards fruit posting it's a real fun wow. meme group i just posted a, a meme there it's like you know this meme that's going around where it's like oh i'm gonna tell my kids this is so and so i did it with the white stripes and say that i'm gonna tell my kids this is standards because it's just like a, a a duo and they've been compared to them before like and that's such an insult because there's so much more complicated <laughs> than that Anyway, I'll t- stop talking about music. This actually is a video game podcast, so we will go into that. Let's. Well, uh, I do have stuff I want to talk about, and apparently Basta does too. So let's start with Basta. What's going on with the video games with you? Uh, with me? Yeah. Uh, oh, geez. So. Hot <laughs> <laughs> <Yikes>. beans. <laughs> so, first of all, fuck Mario Kart for, for Android. That game is terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm still playing it somehow. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, You're playing against Android. I literally gave it two matches, and I was like, all right, the first one I came in first place, and I don't even know the controls. It's not possible. Second second match, I came in dead last, and I was like, okay, the controls are just so bad that I, I just can't do anything. It, 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 it was just unimaginably awful. Uh I have no desire to continue playing it. I uninstalled it from my phone. Uh, it lasted exactly one day. However, um, <laughs> however, while I was downloading Mario Kart originally, and I believe if you uh, re- you know play back the tapes uh, of of me on the last episode that I was on, um, I saw Doctor Mario World on there as well. Uh, oh, and yeah. I installed that one. It's like a drive by install, and I gave that a fair shake. And I'll tell you what, it's not a bad game. Um, Hmm. So if you played Dr. Mario in the past, it's very similar Um, in true Nintendo fashion. They've added a ton of like weird gimmicks to like increase the complexity and make the game harder. Um, Versus mode is kind of interesting uh, that I'm sort of stuck between tier three and tier four, which is like 1200 points. Um, It's, not especially hard. It's just, how should I put this? Uh, Difficult. Well, so so part of the problem is the the game itself. The game itself has uh, microtransactions, and you can use those microtransactions to basically buy characters, and the characters are what like level you up. Um, so you have your doctor uh, who has a special ability, and you sort of fill up your special ability meter, and then that. Um, you know, does something either like breaks blocks or like, you know, does something to your opponent or whatever. Um, And then you have two helpers and the helpers each have their own power. And some of them will like give you a boost of something when something happens or, um, you know, they'll have some effect on the person that you're going up against. And so if you are heavy into the microtransactions, you can just go and fucking you know, level the shit out of all of your helpers and your doctor. And there's um, the, uh, the like female Bowser counterpart. Not Wendy. Is it Wendy? Um, Uh, The like Bowser that wears lipstick. Yeah. Yeah. It's Wendy. One of the Koopa kids. Yeah. So Wendy is the worst because Wendy can turn some of your viruses into bricks, which means that you have to like, break something adjacent to them in order to unbrick them. And then you have to break them again. Um, and it is fucking devastating. Um, it's just so hard. Uh, anytime you're in a match against Wendy, because the, the special ability is just insane. 
So that's a little troubling. And part of it is like, you just need to grind to like get coins to like level up your folks or, you know, pay the uh, microtransaction ransom. Uh, But single player, I would say is quite good. I think I'm at the very end of world four. Um, The levels are generally well-designed. Lots of like interesting levels where they like set you up for like a, a good combo, but you sort of have to get lucky with the, the, the pills that you get. Um, overall, like it's very addicting. I've gotten very far into the game. Um, yeah. Uh, fun fact, uh, Wendy Koopa, like all the Koopa kids, is named after musicians. And Wendy was named after Wendy O. Williams, who first tried to kill herself in 93 by hammering a knife into her chest. Jesus Christ. What fuck, the that's fuck? That's metal. Why? She was trying to kill herself. I know, but is that's what she's famous for? Just being a suicidal woman? No, she's a musician and stuff, but that's okay. what I know her for, because <laughs> it's fucking crazy. That really is. Thanks for that fact, Lloyd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fun facts. Yeah, uh, Bassett, I just have a quick question. Would you be interested in playing that Mario game for Android if they get the multiplayer update installed? The Mario Kart for Android? Yeah, that's the thing. They don't have multiplayer now, but it's, like, grayed out, and there's, like, update coming soon. So, like, in the future... I honestly could not care less. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Why would I want to lose against my friends if I already don't want to lose against strangers? Well, that's true. Well, pretend strangers. You know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Um, But, yeah, uh, how about you, Bren? Have you been playing much? I beat Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh, just on a Nintendo kick this week, apparently. Yeah, totally. Um, yes, yeah, uh, pretty much the same feelings I had. It's fucking charming as hell of a game, like incredibly well done. Uh, graphics are gorgeous. Uh, characters are all neat. You get a lot of uh, fun interactions with Luigi and a bunch of the other characters, and you just see a lot of just the trope of Luigi being a scaredy cat. You already get just so much more personality from him than and the Mario in any other game. Uh, so it's really refreshing to see that. Uh, at the end, it's not a spoiler, but at the end, there's a little moment with uh, Luigi and Mario where they're trying to go up somewhere high, and Mario's just doing the you know uh, triangle jumping back flips and like flies up the the ramp or the you know the obstacle really fast like you would do in a Mario game, and then you see Luigi just like watch him and just kind of sigh and then like walks over to the ladder and just climbs up slowly, and I thought it was a very great moment between the two. Nice, uh, but yeah, very good. Very charming, very fun. Um, it's just really satisfying to just go into a room with all these different objects that can be moved around and all have their own models and just fucking destroy it all and like suck them all up into the vacuum and stuff. Uh, but despite how clever some of the puzzles are and some of the designs are, the boss battles are really infuriating at times. And there's plenty of times where I had a guide and like a walkthrough just telling me like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Because like, I'll admit it's clever, but it's not intuitive. So it wasn't very clear on what I was supposed to be doing to solve mm. it. So, and they have collectibles. You can collect different boos on each floor. You can collect like six crystals on each floor. I was a little disappointed. They don't actually really do anything. You collect them all and your uh, plunger that you use to like suction on the stuff uh, turns crystal if you get all the crystals. And if you get all the boos, your flashlight can look like a boo's face. And that's it. Like it's neat and it's cute, but like it's a lot of work to get all of those. And that's your only reward. It's like, mm. If I knew this, I wouldn't have gotten them all. I thought there was going to be like a bonus level or something. Yeah. And uh, at the end, you get a rank. I ended up getting rank C. And I think it's like, 
you know, standard, like, Japanese game ranking where it's, like, S is the highest and then, like, E is the lowest because they don't want to give anyone an F. Um, but I got C, and as far as I can tell, that's just based on how much money you have by the end of the game. And the only, you get a ton of money, like, within 10 minutes, I had, like, 8,000, like, you know, whatever the currency is in the game. And you get it real quick, but the only thing you spend it on is extra lives and kind of hints at where the booze and the crystals are in all the levels. So you'd spend like 10000 on each one of those to tell you like where a crystal or boo is on the floor. So if you don't spend any of the money and just keep it all and then beat the game, then you'll get like an S rank. So, um, I don't know. It's not really a complaint there. It's just kind of like, oh, it's not, you know, maybe if... Maybe the rank would have been better if it's based on how many crystals and booze you got, if it's how many hints you bought, or if it's how fast you beat everything and stuff like that. But it's just like, no, it's just based on how much money you have at the end. So it's like, eh, that's not really a show of skill that deserves to be ranked. Um, but very, like, minor complaints overall. Besides the boss fights, those like, some of those bosses are actually fucking enraging. But they were very well done and clever, and... Uh, yeah, big recommend for that game. It's very fun and just like a solid, uh, maybe like 30 hours or so. So it's not going to be a long drawn out game like Breath of the Wild that you can right. put yourself in for 200 hours. Yeah, the end is in sight. <laughs> yeah, so there's like 15 floor. No, there's like 15 floors and then two basements. So like 17 floors actually. Okay. Um, and it's just, it's just, I was talking to a coworker. It's nice to just like have a game beat it within like a month and then just move on i don't have this like overwhelming like i still got fucking yakuza to play and that's gonna be a big game i you know i finally beat breath of the wild but that took a long time so it's nice to just have like here's the game it's succinct it's done move along for sure yeah i appreciate when games are like that yeah and then after i beat that i was playing a bit of smash last night because terry bogart came out he's the fourth character out of the five character pack they announced so he's the character from Final Fight, long blonde hair and like a ponytail, uh, red hat, red jacket, jeans. Um, so he's uh, from the Final Fight series. And honestly, probably my favorite. F- so we got like Ken, Ryu, him. I think there's someone else who play with like fighting game mechanics. So usually in Smash, it's just like over B and that does like a special move or, you know, up B. But with like Ken, Ryu and Terry... You do, like, quarter circle back, quarter circle forward, and then B, and then it'll do a move. He's probably my favorite out of those guys in Smash so far. He uh, It plays well and easy. It's not that difficult. Um, he kind of kind of projects his attacks too soon. So, like, when you do a special move of his, it takes a long while to actually do it. So it's very easy to see him doing something and, you know, cut him off before he gets it. But if you can plan it out, he just... I don't know, he moves pretty well, and I, I think I like him the best out of those fighting game characters for Smash. So Nice. Hopefully they utilize that a little more and like, go with that, because, I don't know, Ken and Ryu just don't feel right in that game to me. They feel just weird and clunky. But uh, Fair enough. Yeah, don't, I don't see myself really playing him much. Uh, probably sticking to King K. Roll, who's just a fucking animal. <laughs> He's just so big, and just takes all the damage and just shoots it right back at you. I love him. Hell yeah. But, yeah, Smash Brothers, still good. That's cool. Yes, yeah, so is Pokemon 
sword. Oh my god, I'm having a blast. I have three gym badges now, so I can catch Pokemon up to level 35. But that's the thing. It's like, oh, you unlock a new area, and like the first Pokemon you encounter, they're all level 36. It's like, fuck! So it's like, <laughs> I just gotta go get the next badge or something. Um, but it forces there you are... to in the story. Yeah, there, exactly. It's uh, it's so linear and great. Uh, I'm, it's easy. It's a very easy game, and I'm having a lot of fun. But there was this one moment where you had to team up with your rival to fight some people, and I had okay. Well, first and foremost, I named my Sobble Sad Boy when he evolved <laughs> into uh, what is it, Drizzile or? Is that it? I don't yeah, know. Drizzile. Um, that happened at level sixteen. I renamed him to Sad Teen because, like, he has like this like <laughs> hair thing over his one yeah, eye. He just looks well, like a hot topic Sable. Yeah, it's the same that uh, Rowlet's like second form had in like Sun and Moon. He's got this hair quaff over one eye. Like it seems to be just that's why the middle stage of an evolution always seems to be the angsty teen. Yes, like, exactly. It is a common theme. I love it, and I just felt like it was a very appropriate name, and he looks just like Sad Teen, and I love, honestly, I think uh, the second step is my favorite uh, of the three formations, or evolution points, oh, really? but I, I don't know, I just really like Sad Teen, but then <laughs> uh, just recently, I got him to uh, level 35, so he evolved into, what's the fucking name of it, it's called an Intellion, which I think that's pretty crazy, and also, I was I went in completely blind, not knowing what any of these were going to look like. And I think he's a little goofy look- looking, but <laughs> I'm still for it. It's like, I'm really glad I went Sobble, but on the only real complaint I have is how, like, slim he is. And I guess when you read a I description slender. of him in, like, the Pokédex, it's like, he's the secret agent Pokémon. I'm like, where did that come from? I was just, like, a what? sad boy, and now all of a sudden I'm, like, in the FBI or some shit? I don't really understand that. I but, gotta um, look up that description. It's pretty bizarre. And how he can use his, like, back tail fin to like fly around i don't fucking remember but it's i really like sable and the progression but yeah and i renamed my intellion to sad man so sad boy sad teen sad man i've done it and i'm really excited to uh get further in that game it's interesting though because like in like i don't know i only like i said played like the early pokemon games when you would go into a gym and fight like the leader it was just like i don't know whoever's in the gym was around this time it's like a big to do it's like a fucking stadium everyone in the whole town's there to watch you fight the goddamn gym leader and you can dynamax your pokemon which is what makes these ones special where your pokemon gets super huge and stuff and one thing that's funny is as i'm like doing various gym battles my wife will like overhear me playing this and she'll know i'm doing a gym battle because i'm dynamaxing a pokemon and the music changes and (laughs) i'm gonna try to find a clip for it so i can play it but it's this music oh my god after you hear it too too much it's very annoying but it's also very comical sounding so i'm gonna play it right here for our listener And, yeah, my wife just can't stand it. So anytime that happens, she's like, what the... I don't know. It just really it irks her. But I don't know. I felt, felt like I'd bring that up. But, oh, you have Wait to a wear a, a <laughs> uniform. You have to wear a uniform to go out into, like, these battles and stuff. And it gives you the option to, like, pick a number on a three-digit uh, basis. So I was thinking, I got to go 69 or 420. And I want 420. <laughs> and, of course. oh, man, it, it's so funny because in-game, then, it's, like, the guy who's, like, 
who lets you pick your number. He's like, oh, you look sharp as a pin. That 420 there, that really is the number for you. And I don't know. There's all sorts of different color variants of the of the wait, uniforms you can purchase. Wait a minute. So it, I'm looking up this Intellion, and it's just it's a secret agent. It's just straight up Gex the Gecko from fucking PlayStation. Yeah, that's good. And in the Pokedex entry, it says it can shoot water from its fingertips. Yes, like and a I've gun? I've seen it. I've seen it happen. That's how like that's the thing. In the past, when I would see Sobble use his move, I think it's just called Water Gun, or there's another one called Water Pulse. He usually just like does this animation where he's throwing. It looks like 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 a baseball overhand, but instead of it being a baseball, it's just like a wad of water. So it goes from that to like him just pointing his finger at them and it just blasting out, kind of like Cell or Free or yeah, no, Cell did that, didn't he? In Frieza. Dragon Ball Z or Frieza did too, I guess. I mean, Cell was copied off of Frieza, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I don't. I'm looking at Intellion and Google Images, and there's just already too many sexy Intellions, and it's I don't like it. There's yeah, one no, that's of them sucking I on their finger. I don't. Well, mm, I don't want anything to do with that. Don't want this. Uh, but no, I'm ha- still having a blast with uh, Pokemon Shield, and in fact, I think Basta or somebody brought this uh, Twitter up on the past. It's the whole "Can you pet the dog?" Twitter handle. Yes. Oh, they yeah. just they just posted uh, "Can you tease the bag of trash in Pokemon?" And it's a <laughs> yes because it, and the bag of trash yeah, is a Pokemon. What what is it? Trubbish. Trubbish. I was gonna say I've never seen that one yet, so it's I'm excited. From, uh, Pokemon Black and White. Yeah, and the whole reason you can do that is because, yeah, they introduced this whole, like, camping mechanic where you can go into the tent and, like, play with your Pokemon, and I don't know if you feed them or just, like, I don't know, make them go fetch and shit. I didn't really fuck around in there too much, but apparently you get experience points for doing it. Yeah, you do a lot of little different stuff, and it's, yeah, you get this little, like, you know, it's essentially a cat toy, and you just wave it in front of them, and it just seems like it pisses every Pokemon off, and then they just hit you for doing it. So I don't know why that's a feature, but, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of, like, clips of pokemon just running up and like kicking the trainer for doing it <laughs> oh and before i forget that and while we're on the topic of pokemon sword this is the last thing i'll at least mention about it but there's this one character that needs to get shot at, shout out shouted out it's <laughs> shot, at. Shot, shot, at. shot at yeah somebody <laughs> shoot this man by no. Italian and his finger fingers or finger fingers finger guns <laughs> Finger guns, baby. Uh, no, let's. It's his. It's Ball Guy. I didn't know this was ball a guy. thing. I ran into him, and he was just like, "My name's Ball Guy," and I thought it was a joke. But he's like, "No, it's a, a man with a giant pokeball for a head and a face on it." And he'll every time you encounter one, you go talk to him, and he will give you some kind of specialty pokeball. And I didn't realize that there were so many kinds. Like oh, yeah. I remember in the past, it was like, "Oh, here's if you buy a bunch of great balls at this store, we'll toss in a premier ball just because, like, as an extra thing now there's there's more than just that there's level balls there's friend balls dusk Mm. balls net balls all and they all serve different purposes but apparently a friend ball is if you catch a pokemon with that they'll be more likely to be friendly with you and i only had one and i encountered a far-fetched and i'm like this is it i want to use my friend ball on him and i don't know the animation usually is like three ticks until you know you catch them and i throw the friend ball and it was like on the first tick it was like nope and i was like (laughs) i was like god damn it so but I did end up getting the far-fetched, and I can't wait to get him evolved into a, a sir-fetched. Is it the Galarian far-fetched? Because there's a difference between just regular far-fetched Oh, shucks. And I don't know. I'm going to have to look, because I wasn't... I'm not... Actually, now that you say that, I think it's a normal one. And I yeah. did catch a Galarian Meowth, and I ran into some <laughs> girl that was like, oh, do you want to trade for a regular one? I was like, please. And then no. I got that, and now I have a Persian, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, Regular Meowth goes into Persian like normal, and then the Galarian Meowth goes into Berserker, 
the same Ooh. way regular Farfetch doesn't evolve, but Galarian Farfetch is, I think, darker and the leak is bigger and kind of slung over its shoulder, that evolves into Surfetch. Fuck, yeah. Wait, so regular Farfetch doesn't evolve and I'm leveling up the wrong one? God damn it. I don't believe so. I mean, I don't have it, so I'm just... Well, the reason... He's got a big leak and I've been using it. I just feel like he's going to turn into (laughs) Surfetch. Let's see. Big swing and leak. Yeah, he's... Uh, it's. uh, I I forget the name of the move he uses. Yeah, I think it's like uh, Grass Blade or something. Um, Yeah, there's certain... Because there's certain Galarian... Pokemon that are only are exclusive to certain types of the game, so they have both like they have the normal type in both games, and then the Galarian form is exclusive to certain ones. So there's like Corsola, who I think came in gold and silver as like the coral Pokemon. Uh, I think the Galarian Corsola is unique to Pokemon Shield. So if you have Shield, you can get the Galarian Corsola, which is super sad because it's a ghost type and it's dying. That the, is sad. The coral That's... reefs on the planet are dying. Huh. Well, I did find out what the name of that move is. It's called Brutal Swing, so he's brutally swinging that leak. <laughs> um, yeah, so there are certain exclusives. And yeah, Corsola, Galarian Corsola is all bleached and sad, and it's no longer water type, it's ghost type. And uh, it can evolve into Cursola, which is just like a giant ghost coral reef, because they're being killed by climate change. <laughs> It's like, that's oh boy. Oh, too real. <laughs> Pokemon with the hot hot environmental takes for this hot, hot earth because of global warming. Um, but yeah, you have to make sure you have the right type. So same with like the coughing and wheezing. If you want the Galarian wheezing, you have to have the Galarian coughing. So Okay, well, I'm going to look out for that and make sure I have the right ones from now on because, yeah, I do want the Galarian versions. We'll see. But yeah, yeah. still playing that game and hope being to make more progress and wrap it up in before the new year maybe we'll see yeah it's uh, it's all the news is going on is either death stranding or pokemon and it's <laughs> for all the hubbub and boycott and whining there was before the game released it was i think the fastest selling switch game of all time and sold like six million in its first week and like three and a half million just in japan Damn. so Hey, congrats on that boycott, guys. You did it. You stopped Pokemon. It's dead. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, oh, I will say, there are, uh, like, fossil Pokemon in every game, where you can bring back, like, essentially, like, these dinosaur-looking Pokemons from, like, back in the prehistoric times. And for the Sword and Shield, they kind of take a <laughs> big, like, goof and joke at England's expense. And the fossil Pokemon are, mis- like, usually get two. But in Sword and Shield, it looks like there's three, but they're all mismatched together. So there's three kinds, and I think there's four variations of fossil Pokemon you can get. So you'll get this like little yellow, like lightning raptor looking guy for the top half, and then the bottom half's this giant, like green and red, like T Rex like body, like legs and tail. Or you'll have the green and red T Rex legs and tail. But then at the end of the tail, it's going to be this big blue, like, prehistoric fish face, but it's on upside down. Yeah, this is insane. I mean, they clearly, yeah, are choosing from four types of Pokemon and then mixing and matching, almost like turning it into, like, a chimera. It's just like, what the fuck is going on? They all look so weird because back in the day in England, there are, like, a lot of notable cases where uh, archaeologists would find dinosaur bones. And mix them up and be like, look, it's the Iguanodon. It's like, that's not even the right bones. <laughs> or um, 
there's one guy who tried to say, like, I found the missing link. And it's he just mixed together human bones and orangutan bones, saying, like, that was the missing link. And they're kind of taking the piss out of England by doing that, by saying, like, look at the fossil Pokemon. They're all jangled up. And I appreciate the commitment to that goof. Those Pokemon are still ugly as shit, though. Like, those, yeah. those Pokemon are hideous. They're abominations, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I do want to shout that out, though, because that's hilarious to go that far for a joke. Definitely. Oh, man. Um. Well, that'll probably do it for the game discussion. Is there anything else we want to do? I mean, Basta, you're on the show. You Do you have any, like, kind of conversation games or anything in store? Or do you want to talk show topics and wrap up? We got a couple of show topics. Um, I mean, I, we could talk about whatever. I got such a fucking pile of um, uh, tunnel of loves here. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> that's Brad's Listen, favorite. That's the only thing the listeners enjoy about me being on this damn podcast anymore. You say I, the same thing that Mark says when he does the fucking improv bits. No one says they like it. No one says they like anything about the show. <laughs> Nobody listens. Listen, Mark it's is funny. well done. I'm medium rare, okay? Yeah, that's true. That's what I was saying. We're rating. All right. And then it's, just, it's, it's the tunnel of love. Play the jingle. Uh, y'all we got our first tunnel of love here my 27 male wife 27 female electrocuted me as a prank and thinks i'm overreacting until now my wife and i have been pretty great relationship we've been married three years and we are generally a light-hearted and easygoing couple we tease each other about stuff regularly and we do pull practical jokes on each other occasionally but and i stress this i would never in a million years do anything that would inflict pain on her Anyway, while I was dozing off in front of the TV, I felt something briefly touch my hand, followed by a sharp jolt that went through most of my arm, accompanied by a softish popping slash pulsing sound. My arm felt like it was locking up, but I managed to pull it away. I realized my wife had plugged in an extension cord to the wall socket behind the couch. She's clearly done this before I sat down. One end of the cord was stripped down to the wires, and the wires were exposed. Once I was zoning Holy out, she reached shit. around, grabbed the cord, and jabbed it into my hand. She was laughing when she saw my reaction. Then I flipped out, shouted, what the hell is wrong with you? When she realized I wasn't laughing with her, she got angry instead. She told me that I'm behaving like a brat and taking it way too seriously. I did not let up, and so far, I have refused to pretend that it's all okay. She keeps asking if I'm mad, and I keep saying yes. This happened about 36 hours ago. I keep telling her that she went way too far, and she keeps insisting that I'm being dramatic and hysterical. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I I think that's valid to be like, yo, you can't just fucking electrocute me. And I don't know. I just personally don't think pranks are healthy in a relationship. So, uh, I could see light teasing or maybe a prank of like, I don't know, like a rubber spider in your yeah, sock drawer. Or something. Sure, comedic but ones, like, not like violence. <laughs> but pranks always escalate. Like it's you know, jokes escalate, but it's. You know, just communication. You just say something in the last case. Pranks always escalate, and it eventually gets to this point where it's physical endangerment. And this isn't like a joy buzzer, which just vibrates intensely, and you feel like you're getting shocked. And it's like, ah, that feels weird. This is stripping wires down. Yeah, that's bringing to a seat. Dangerous. That could kill somebody. Yeah, I don't even think she realized that. It could kill, or it happens just like all the time. Severe burns or. Like any any other if you're number, lucky. extremely unpleasant things. Have yeah. either of you been electrocuted? 
Yes. I have not. I, I have too. So. Okay, let's talk about our stories, Basta. You go first. <laughs> um, Nam. I, I, well, I'll say it, it has happened twice. The first time, well, actually both times it involved Christmas lights. Um, and uh, I feel like thanks. that's all that needs to be said. <laughs> yeah, wow, I'm going to be very <laughs> careful now. Okay, that's fine. Uh, mine's pretty dumb. I was looking over a bridge, uh, looking at like it was a creek, and I'm looking at these fish and stuff, and I see something shiny and like the, the, over the bridge. There was like this like uh, grass Ooh, and shit, like pr- like really obscuring vi- my vision. And I'm like, what is this shiny object? So I reach my hand down, and it also was right around an area where there's these cows are. So it was an electric fence for these cows that like happened to go along the bridge that I didn't even recognize. And I'm like, what is that? And I go to grab it. And I get fucking, I just literally blacked out. And I remember waking up on the road being like, what the fuck? It was like maybe 10, 30 seconds later. And I was like, what this happened? And my buddy saw it happen. He's like, dude, you just got zapped. I was like, holy shit. So I guess, it, I don't know if it, that could kill anybody, but it was intense. I mean, there's so many factors. Like if you have a pacemaker, they could definitely kill you. I mean, if not kill you, like Bass said, scarring, uh, permanent damage, uh, nerve damage is a big risk with electricity. So it's like, Hey, yeah, fucking don't do that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think he should, uh, if she's still like just playing it off like it's not a big deal, that means she's probably going to do it again, so you should probably get out of that relationship. Yeah, or, you know, um, maybe consider not dating a psychopath. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's also an option. This next one comes to us from the, the subreddit Legal Advice Off Topic. Should I be surprised. worried? Uh, and it, it's prefixed with plenty of fish scam. I recently talked to someone on Sunday from Plenty of Fish. Her age was 18 on the profile and saying she was from Cleveland, Ohio. After two messages, we exchanged phone numbers. Stupid me being flirty and whatnot sends her a few provocative pictures after she sends a couple. The next afternoon, I get a phone call with the same area code I mean, claiming to be this girl's father, saying she's 17 and they need $6,000 to fund a rehabilitation for their daughter. (laughs) And if I don't, he will contact the police. I stupidly sent him money via MoneyGram, $50, and he wants another 1000 by this Friday. What do I do? I am terribly honestly. I mean... You you, you dug you your own grave on this. You already and, got fucked. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, don't flirt with, like, underage girls. That's gross. If they say they're 18, they're underage. Yeah, that's... Don't. And also, if, get meet them in person. Be like, show me your ID, bitch. <laughs> also, don't meet them in person. Because if you meet in person with a 16-year-old, you're definitely in more trouble than if you just talk to one. Yeah. Uh, it, like, this is one of those those times where you just unplug your computer from the wall and realize that you've made a mistake and move on with your life. Yeah. Just don't be horny on main. Don't be sending out those dick pics so quick. Especially don't The problem is, 18. though, they did give them their phone number, so they're just going to have that be blowing up all the time with these people being like, you owe me thousands of dollars, which you technically don't. I mean, he definitely shouldn't have sent any money because this is how scams work. Yeah, exactly. The fact that he already fell for the scam is you're extra fucked now. So I have to read some of these comments because it it, it gets thicker. Um, it's, oh, no. So that's the, the, the first, first time I here. ever didn't want to hear the words, it gets thicker. <laughs> that's usually it, a good phrase. This comment in, in true Reddit fashion, um, stop sending money. It's a scam. And yeah. the, the op replies, 100% sure? Yeah. And they reply, as sure as I am that no Nigerian prince will ever need help from someone he contacted from email. <laughs> and the, the next reply is, so if I was asking in the text to Snapchat and the father mentioned it on a phone call, that's all scam too? Yeah. 
I feel like I my comment so would be like, send me a thousand dollars and I'll make sure all your problems go away. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, he already. And that's not a once. threat. I just want to take a, a brief moment to imagine who the op is, because it makes me it makes me really wonder, like, who who is the archetype? What is what is this person that exists in the world that like doesn't understand that there are people that want to take advantage of them? And like the only the only sort of mental image I can come up with is like a boomer that discovered the internet and and is still like this very sweet, naive, uh, trusting individual that doesn't realize that there are people on the internet that will scam them for money. Right. And it's just like, oh, an 18 year old, of course they want to talk to me on the internet and share scandalous photos. <laughs> I, I, I just think that's can, so lovely. <laughs> you can never underestimate the level of na- naivete. Um, I had a coworker. We worked in media, which tends to have a lot of technology and they, for the life of them, could not operate a computer. And I think they were like 36 or something. It's like, if you're not good with computers, don't work in a computer, you know, big computer heavy field like media. And it's just like, I don't know how you thought you could get to this point and be okay. Yeah, like... And it's the same with the internet. Like, you could be getting on the computer, or you could have used the internet for years, and you might be a you know well-versed user, and just something... In the you know some part of you is just very naive and unexperienced in some field, like trusting people, which you shouldn't do. All people suck. Yeah, I, yeah. I've got I've got nothing else for that. Me neither. <laughs> it's a scam. Um, They're all scams. I, I, you know, if if only computers weren't such large, expensive, room filling objects that were impossible <laughs> to have in your own home, um, you where you could use them and practice and. Uh, you know, develop your practical life and business skills. This next one, is, this this next one comes to us from the the Reddit relationships. I hate Reddit. I twenty five female don't know how to get my husband twenty seven male to understand that he's playing too much Fallout. I thought this one would be perfect for the show because this is a video oh, yeah. podcast. Apparently. When I read posts like these, I usually think, "Man, that's kind of stupid. Just tell him to stop." Well, I've tried that. I've tried sitting down and explaining that I'm lonely and hurt and he wants to spend so much time on the PS4 and not with me. He's coming home every night around 6.30 from work and automatically jumping onto it until about 11.30 p.m. every day. We've converted our living room so that I could actually watch TV. Now we have two couches and two TVs. I just don't even know what to do anymore. I explained in detail, crying might I add, that I feel like I haven't seen him, been intimate with him, or felt loved by him in so long, and that I just want to spend some time with him. When we do spend time together, I feel like he'd rather be playing or actually anywhere else besides me. I'm to the point where I think this is actually causing some therapy-inducing problems. I feel like I'm getting cheated on with a Bethesda game. Can someone please give me some legit (laughs) advice on how to approach this matter? Am I overreacting? Should I just leave it alone? I'm at my wit's end. No, she's she should. Oh man, yeah, get some therapy before call, calling it quits. But uh, yeah, fuck, fuck fall. <laughs> I don't know why this kid's that obsessed with it. Also, just like if you care about your significant other at all, just hear her, her out when she's coming to you crying, being like, "Let's spend more time together." I think you could take a few hours off the game and be like, "Let's do something together. Watch fucking Jeopardy." <laughs> 
Is that oh, your go-to? Jeopardy. Jeopardy. For sure. The it's relationship okay. Dude, didn't you guys see the tournament of champions where Je- Jeopardy James came back and it was amazing? No, dog. I haven't seen that. That was for I, I mean, the only yeah, listener we have, either. Pat Johnson, okay? <laughs> so... I just want to, I just want to like really marinate in the, the mental visual of this having gone so far that they went and purchased a second TV and a second couch. Like, can you imagine having that conversation where it's like, of course it makes sense for us to spend the money to purchase a second set of living rooms to stuff. enable your problem? Yeah. Yeah, that's unreal. It's, it's so they can be together, but still not interact with one another. Yeah, exactly. Um, that to me, like, on one hand, I have a like really deep empathy for this poor woman, um, who is like obviously very troubled by this, and like this is obviously a huge problem and you know a huge source of stress and anxiety. But also, at some point, the husband or sorry, boyfriend. It's not. Was it a husband? I just closed nah. the tab. God I'm not it. sure. They all bleed together for me because they're all fake. <laughs> Husband, yes. Uh, they said a wise, a wise fiscal decision for this family is for us to purchase a second couch and TV because I don't want to spend, you know, the five hours every night uh, doing things with you. Um, so, like, at some point there was some breakdown. I don't know. It just feels really odd. Everything about this is weird. And, like, on one hand, maybe they were made for each other because, like, somebody so tolerant of all of this bullshit... Yeah, it is maybe the only person that would tolerate this guy's bullshit. On I the other just hand, say that <laughs> a parasitic relationship goes great for the parasite. So yeah, a parasite is made for anyone. At least he's not yeah. hooked on drugs, lady. There, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there's there's going to be a therapist out there that's going to put their kid through college. So I, I don't know. I really don't know here. This it's, last one comes to us from the Reddit relationship subreddit. My 25 female God, boyfriend, 26 male, cheated on me with a K-pop girl. Right. Ooh, wait, wait, I also felt this girl was... is in, like, from the <laughs> actual group? Korean pop star. Um, th- I, I, I said, if Brent is going to be on the show, this one has to be uh, on. Oh, yes. Why? <laughs> Douglas I, is a K-pop I, I, I am a little into K-pop. Um, I found out today, after he told me, from last night. It was a girl from a group that we've both heard music from. We live in the fucking USA, and he somehow ran into this girl and slept with her last night. We made an agreement a while ago that we'd allow each other to sleep with XYZ famous people. K-pop idols were included for him. But it's a, a discussion for fun. Yeah, Nobody say- actually expect this to happen. I don't understand. He feels bad, but he didn't even forewarn me. He told me about it today. He said I already gave him the green light from back then. I would have never actually said yes if he'd asked me seriously. I feel so disgusted. I don't even know what to do or say to him. I mean, I literally told him it was all right, but under the assumption that it never happened. My gut is retching, and I feel betrayed. I'm blaming him. I'm blaming myself. I don't know what to do. I agree with Bren. This is probably fake, but if it's not, I also blame yourself is the real point of is the real moral of the story because you literally gave him permission if you didn't want that to be the case and you're not just like i don't know first and foremost that's just strange being like okay there's a free hall pass for sex as long as the person's famous it how the ego on this fucking guy thinking he can chat up a k-pop star in a night and better in that same night 
that's not happening. Yeah, I, I <laughs> agree are, with that too. They got strict security. I know because I've been maced enough to now. Um, <laughs> well, no, but, even just for instance, uh, Tiffany of Girls Generation, she has a solo <laughs> act. Uh, she came to uh, Philadelphia <laughs> recently, <laughs> and I wanted to t- I wanted to take Lauren, but it just didn't work out. Long yeah. story short, there was a VIP ticket available, but they were Ooh. extremely expensive. I think it was like two hundred bucks. But the this thing is. No, I didn't actually do this. What ended up happening, though, is for for a VIP experience with Tiffany, literally, you just get a picture with her, like, not even close to her, and you get an air high five because they don't actually – No, they don't even want to touch you because of, like, germs and shit. So, like, that just goes to show how, like, literal interaction you're going to really get with one of them. So I really kind of call bullshit on this as well. I don't know. I got one of those VIP, like, tickets for Comic-Con, and I got to meet Stan Lee and, like, yo, we fucked. Oh, so, totally. Uh, I, yeah. Actually, you should write about that on Reddit. <laughs> I should. They'll believe me like everything else on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, this didn't happen. But then if you do the hypothetical, what's your what's your past list? What celebrity can I fuck and you'd be okay with? You have to establish if this is hypothetical of like Paul Rudd or like Eva Mendez. But that'll never happen. But say someone like me who lives in L.A. and maybe run into that person. Right. You have to make certain that's like, yeah, this is a joke because someone this is a common trope in relationship advice questions of like, we did this list and then he met that person and now I'm upset. It's like, that's so frustrating too in a relationship to, for her to be like, it's okay for you to have sex with famous people, but I want you to let me know about it. So then he doesn't let her know about it. Let's say in the, the alternate universe where he did let her know about it and he's like, actually, honey, I'm going to have sex with this K-pop star. And she goes, no, you can't. <laughs> they're like, wait, what? Talk about mixed signals. I mean, that opens up the whole question of like a polyamorous relationship where it's like, People are okay if you run it by your partner, but it's like uh, it becomes difficult because some yeah. people want that relationship, but then when it actually comes to fruition, they don't want it anymore. They like the idea of it. So it's like you got to be fucking certain, and it's not something you can just be like, haha, I would totally fuck Mads Mikkelsen if I met him. It's like, hey, guess what? I met Mads Mikkelsen. What's happening? Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Should have invited the significant other along so no one's jealous, but it's an uh, unfortunate tale that's yeah. definitely fake. That's super Less, not lesson, real. Lesson to be learned here is always make it a threesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you if you got that chance, why wouldn't you? I can't disagree with that, Bren. <laughs> 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 All right. That, that was Tunnel of Love. I think we're done. Yes, we're. <laughs> yep. So that was uh, an episode, but we do have a few show topics before we wrap up and do plugs. Uh, Bren, let's hear from you, and I have one. Yeah, I got one that's game-related and one that devolves from game-related a bit. Or two. Uh, Game-related, Shenmue 3. Apparently that's out, and just fucking at least no one here knew about it. Yeah, shit. That was the game that got a lot of hype and got kickstarted, and everyone's like, oh, we're going to make it with the Kickstarter. It's like, yeah, no, that's like... That's not even like a 20th of the budget for this game. Like that Kickstarter is purely PR and to get the fans excited. And um, apparently it's kind of like, it was kind of like Duke Nukem Forever and like Ukulele. Where it's like, hey, this is kind of reminiscent of a game from 20 years ago. And surprise, surprise, it plays like a game from 20 years ago. 
For sure. Dude, honestly, I was just thinking about it. I know I was complaining about the wait from Kingdom Hearts 2 to 3. It was even longer for Shenmue 2 to Shenmue oh, 3. Shenmue oh, my a, God. Shenmue 3 was a myth. Like, no one thought it was actually going to happen. For and sure. Arguably, it didn't because this game is not good. But then also, arguably, Shenmue isn't good. So it's just this weird, like, cult classic. But then in hindsight, if you replay it, it's like, ooh, this isn't good. And the only people that have love for it are people who played it back then as kids. And, uh, yeah, a, a big uh, common theme in all the reviews are saying, like, this game was supposed to come out in, you know, 2000, and it plays like a, it plays like a game that missed the last 19 years of video game progression. Yikes. So, same with, like, Ukulele, where it's like, oh, these cl- 3D platforming collectathons, like, they don't age super well. Like, you have to update the camera controls and stuff like that to what modern-day, like, gamers expect. So it's like, this doesn't really jive super well so that was like a big complaint with ukulele and yeah so for sure Shen- shenmue 3 out if, now <laughs> if you, in stores if you cared about it you already have it if you don't care about it it doesn't matter exactly oh but I this do is gotta, just a huge waste of money i gotta throw this in there while we're talking about like highly anticipated shit like yeah. we all know we're never getting half-life 3 but they just oh, had yeah. an announcement trailer for half-life Alex, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Anyway, it's a prequel. It's VR exclusive, so I'll never play it unless I get nope. VR someday. But um, I, I don't know. I wasn't that crazy about the Half-Life franchise. Anyway, I know it's like super revered. But, uh, dude, I, I feel like people that were always wanting Half-Life 3 are like turning to this being like, this is the best thing we're ever going to get. And the <laughs> fact that they, they made this yeah. makes me think, why aren't they working on a Half-Life 3 behind the scenes? They probably are, and they're just not telling anybody. So maybe keep your fingers crossed there. Uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is kind of in line with Shenmue 3. It's like, if you're ready for this, maybe lower those expectations a good deal and just, you know, don't have the highest hopes. I don't have VR either, so yeah, I'll never play this. I only played Half-Life 2, and I greatly enjoyed it. It's a very good game. I'm not denying that, but I, I don't have the obsession that some people do with it. And uh, yeah, I think I think that was around when Valve started making like Steam. It became like a game uh, seller rather than a game like developer, like a publisher rather than a developer. And I think they just went from like, hey, let's just sell games instead of making them, and like that's more profitable. And I think that's why they stopped like developing Half Life Three if they ever were. That's my theory. I have no real evidence for it, but fair, yeah, I, makes sense. Uh, and pseudo related to games is Divinity Original Sin is basically the best, uh, uh best video game D and D best D and D video game you'll get. Yeah, especially with original uh, Divinity Original Sin Two, they even have like a map builder and like a dungeon creator where you can essentially just make dungeons so you could like i know people who play DD using divinity like the map creator and stuff and you, there's like a dm mode where one player kind of controls everything while everyone else controls their individual characters and runs through the dungeon and stuff so it's super good and like really cool and it's yeah it's basically just DD but as a video game and it's the best one you're gonna find uh it's getting a board game so oh, like, really DD starts as a board game becomes a video game with divinity and now Divinity is becoming a board game. <laughs> yeah, it's that's... like when they it's like when they make a book based off of a movie, based off of a book. Yes, <laughs> full circle. It's a weird cyclical like Ouroboros of like game, tabletop and video games. So um, that's getting kickstarted. I'm sure they. Uh, let me check. I'm sure they probably already hit their goal. It's a big studio. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, yeah, their goal is 160000 They got 642000 So they already met it by a good deal. And oh, yeah. They, they got stretch goals for days. Like, this, this studio knows what they're doing. I I certainly trust them. They're very good, and, like, they know what they want and what makes a good game. It's just weird that it's like, hey, here's a board game of something slightly similar to D&D, but not quite. Based off and the video game. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. And uh, speaking of D&D, uh, D&D released its, you know, for anyone who plays, it's years in the making, but the Oberyn book finally came out. The like uh, the last be- or last war of Oberyn, I think it is. Um, but this is a supplemental guide with more characters. Uh, this is where like the Warforged class comes from, that are like essentially robots and a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, yeah, they changed some stuff up a bit. They kind of fucked up the Warforged class. So anyone who's a D and D fan, uh, Oberyn's out officially. But uh, maybe I'm at least I'm probably gonna stick with the the Unearthed Arcana version, because I like those better. So, yeah. D&D dump for you there. Nice. Uh, I do gotta bring this one up real quick. Yeah, it's Elon like Musk. everyone's talking about it. Uh, <laughs> it's, Elon it's the Musk, hottest meme. Uh, Tesla announced a new Cybertruck, and the thing is, before it like Cyber actually truck. came out, like I saw some concept images, and I don't know, it just looked like a Ford, a Dodge, a regular-ass pickup truck, but it had, like, a Tesla on it, and it looked really slick. I'm like, oh, wow, that's gonna be... And they're saying the price and all this, and it's, like, bulletproof or some shit. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Then I get to see what the actual <laughs> truck looks like, and it's just, like, a, a complete 180 oh, of, like, dumb. this is a beautiful truck, too. This is something completely new. It's just a polygon... Like, like Brent said, I think, off-air, like, it's like a PS1 polygon vehicle. Yeah. Um, it, it, the thing is, there's so many people that I see advocating for this being like, this is some woke-ass design right here. And I'm like, I I, I want to like it. <laughs> I really do. But I just know for a fact, this looks just more like a functional thing of like, I, like if you're trying to get like, I don't know, like the president of the United States somewhere safely and like, yeah, it's bulletproof. Like this doesn't look like a vehicle you take to like drive to work. I really don't know. I but mean, also it's not bulletproof. It, we've, we've only been conditioned to like think of modern pickup trucks as like a normal thing for you know the last two decades. If you took like a modern F one fifty and showed it to someone in like nineteen eighty nine, they would be like, "What the fuck is that? <laughs> Why would yeah. I ever drive around in this thing?" So I mean, it's definitely like a departure from what we have today. I will say it is it is very fashionable in terms of like um, like modernist design. Um, yeah. I would say that it's got a lot of interesting features. I think as far as uh, Tesla selling electric vehicles go, um, yeah, Tesla overwhelmingly has proven that like electric vehicles don't need to look like the nerdiest fucking things on the road. Like time and time again, it started with the Roadster, then it was the Model S, then it was the Model 3, then it was the Model X. Like you don't have to be driving around in a little thing with like bright fucking blue lights, you know, that looks like, you know, something that you get beat up for. (laughs) Um, And I think the I think the Cybertruck is less about giving people like a really great pickup truck so much as it is people that want a truck that also want the truck for just showing off, <laughs> you know, I would say 80% of the people that have a pickup truck don't actually need a pickup truck. Like a, a large sedan, a hatchback, 
would suit you just as well, but you, you want to like prove that your dick is big enough. And like, if you're going to spend 35 grand on, you know, high end F-150 versus 40 grand on a cyber truck, you get to like, you know, drive around in a stainless steel armored tank versus, you know, the same truck that everybody else is going to drive. It's, it's definitely an interesting option. Like I think the initial reaction of being like, that's fucking weird is definitely justified. But I think in the long term, it'll be interesting to see uh, how people react to it. Absolutely. It looks like the Batmobile from Chris Nolan's movies in Minecraft. There we go. And it's I, angled as fuck. I'm just, well, it really is. I'm looking at like a steep angle on the downside of it. And I'm just curious, like how deep of a truck bed do you even really have in there? It's just doesn't look that efficient to me, but I'm sure it is. They clearly had a, a design that they went with, with to production. I don't know. To me, it looks goofy. I, I agree though, Bass. I think it will become more mainstream and a less like, I don't know, laughed at. An interesting comparison is perhaps, you know, think back to what was the year? 2011. 2010, um, maybe even earlier when Apple announced the the first MacBook Air, the initial MacBook Air, right? By today's standards, it wasn't even that thin, right? Um, and it was sort of weird. It was like too narrow for some people. It, it was just like a weird thing. People had never seen a laptop so thin before, like a laptop without a CD-ROM drive. What are you going to do, Right. Um, right. But like the second generation MacBook Air, which was like, you know, the wedge shape, that was fucking cool. And so I'm not going to claim that the Cybertruck is perfect. And certainly I'm not defending it. Um, I'm not going to get a Cybertruck. <laughs> but I think it's it's definitely introducing an interesting new concept that it won't be a complete and utter failure. I think there's enough people that are like into the look of it. You know, the, the truck itself has a lot of interesting features inside, you know, the guts of it have some interesting things. Um, I think part of it is people look at it and they have this gut reaction of like, it's weird and different because like it lacks side view mirrors. Um, it lacks a grill on the front, right? Like there's a lot of things that like don't seem to make it quite a vehicle that you would drive. But also those are things that you probably don't need, right? Yeah, like it's, it's, it's just your I fucking need side view mirrors, Basta. I think well, you so might they, not drive a lot in Chicago. Not if it's driving itself. They replace them with cameras and, and there's like screens inside. Mm, I don't, I'd rather trust a mirror that just functions very basically as a reflection than if, um, camera like shorts out and it's like cool now i can't see the side of me like i mean or your side view mirror could get knocked off as is constantly the case (laughs) you should know there's driving in la Um, oh yeah i'm aware of that but i just feel like it's something that doesn't need to be more complicated because now there's more things that can go wrong with it than just oh i just need to buy a new side view mirror (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's gonna cost six hundred dollars anyway so like whatever (laughs) i i guess the point is if you're gonna drop 40 grand on a fucking you know, tank, then get this one. You, <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> that's not going to be your biggest concern. It's just people have this reaction of like, Oh, it's weird and different, but like, it's actually not that different and it's not that weird. It's just, you know, dragging the truck industry, which has been dominated by Ford and Chevy into the 21st century. Yeah. I think we can all agree. It's futuristic as fuck. So, and we had to bring it up. Oh, and during like one of like the reveals of it, uh, it's they were trying to demonstrate the br- the bulletproof glass windows, and some dude throws like some like metal object at it, and it just like shattered the glass. Out. Yeah, it was just insane. So uh, 
I, I almost think that was like a publicity stunt so everyone would be talking about the truck even more so, but it could have just been like an accident. It's unclear what exactly they were trying to do. They haven't commented on it, but like on one hand, the glass didn't break. The, right. I mean, the glass cracked and it like yes. looked really bad, but like also the ball bounced off. <laughs> like it was a cannonball basically. And they threw it at the window and it deflected off the window. And like, you can make the argument, well, it's laminated glass. It's like, yes, try throwing a fucking cannonball at your car and see, see what happens. Right. It's not going to bounce a, off so crazy. But a bullet right would go a lot faster. A bullet will go a lot faster, but also bounce off, right? Like, it is bulletproof what? glass. Yeah. It's a much smaller object, even though it's moving a lot faster. Bran like will believe that. it when he sees it. It looks like <laughs> I mean, a DeLorean in the Tomb Raider game. I hate it. Yeah, it's a truck. <laughs> All right, I don't know why we're talking about it. Let's move on. Is there any other show <laughs> topics? Are we wrapping this episode up? That's all I got. All right. Well, then let's do some plugs. Uh, Basta, tell our listeners about Pinecast and where to find you on uh, the internet. You can visit Pinecast.com, P-I-N-E-C-A-S-T.com, to start your podcast for free, no credit card required. And when you're ready for the good stuff, and I know you will be, uh, use the coupon code CYBERTRUCK, all lowercase, all one word, for your first month free. CYBERTRUCK. Oh, yeah. We're Autobots now. If you're going to buy a tank, get this one. Uh, Bryn, how about you? I'm on Twitter, ABTS Brendan. I've got another podcast called Are Weeb There Yet? where we watch anime. It's one of the few times I've ever watched a basketball game in my life because it was an anime basketball game. Ooh, nice. Uh, our next I, episode's Kuroko no Basuke. Sorry. Oh, no, it's cool. I got distracted earlier when I was talking about Sad Teen and shit. There, when I teamed up with my rival, he threw out a Raboot, and God damn it, if that Raboot doesn't give me serious Summer Wars vibes, and I yeah. feel like now I almost want a score bunny. But, uh, yeah, speaking of Summer Wars and your anime podcast, I want to be on that episode if you ever do it. <laughs> if we get around to it. We got a long list ahead of us. That's fair. Uh, but, yeah, check out that show, listener. And if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. Uh, we're findable at all the places at ABT Silence. Um, trying to think. Oh, yeah, and if you want to check out my record label, it's MissedOutRecords.com and MissedOutRecords.Bandcamp.com for the music streamable there. Uh, we will be back next week. It was great having Bastard back on the show. See you guys next time. Bye. See you.